Hey everybody, welcome to the Begging Boardcast, episode number 249. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. Paul, it worked that time. Yes. You, you did the countdown to start the show and Chris started. Mm-hmm. And we're one away from 250. Oh shit! I know, that's crazy. I didn't realize that until I did the uh, intro there. I know, but we're a podcast that comes to you in, to you in three ways. Don't throw it off, Paul. You have to continue. Yeah, it's your, this is your baby. Ah, uh, darn it. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of books that we are looking forward to coming out February 18th, 2015. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're bringing you our trading policy, and this is a book that John brought to the table. And this is Archaea Entertainment's A Tale of Sand by Jim Henson, Jerry Jewell, with art by Ramon Perez. Mm. Brought to uh, comic book life by Ramon Perez, correct? Like, yeah, this it was a. Well, we'll talk about it during the yeah, topic. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll talk about it. But uh, you know what? We like talking about these things over a good beer with good friends because mm. that's what we are on the back. We do, podcast. we do. And Chris, what are you drinking? Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm doing some cleanup out of the closet, so I'm drinking a couple beers that I bought for other shows that I haven't had a chance to drink because. We tend to drink a lot, and sometimes stuff gets pushed away. Um, this is from Bee Nectar Meadery. Ooh, this again. Is their apple pie. Ooh. This is an apple mead with spices added. Mm-hmm. Um, this was thirteen dollars and eighty nine cents for uh, for one bottle. Mm-hmm. Smaller bottle too, right? Or yeah, it- but man, twelve percent ABV. You do not get that on that because it tastes just like liquid apple pie. Ooh. Did you just set up a direct debit from your paycheck with uh, Bee Nectar? Because I'm not, I might have to if they if they offer that. Well, I was looking for the, they're a pretty uh, close brewery to you too, or a meadery, right? Yeah, they're uh, yeah they're in Michigan. I can't remember where it's like. Fer- yeah, uh, Ferndale. I was gonna say it's like Friendway or something. Like they're that, close yeah, enough. Ferndale, the three of us should go there when we come out mm-hmm. to visit you. Hey, I, I can I can figure it out because we should because it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's 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 liquid apple pie. It's crazy. I just and when saw. I was like trying to look up the label for this one for the uh, show notes picture, I found one of their other uh, meads. It's called like Necro Mango Con. <laughs> like, I was like, I want to try that too. Uh, but yeah, it, it's so good. And that twelve percent, you do not, you do not feel that burn at all. I just saw that Brooklyn's got two new bourbon aged beers out, which I'm so not a fan of Brooklyn. But then they're twenty two ninety nine. Yeah. I, I remember I did that uh, what two years ago or With last year. Black uh, Black Black Ops. Ops, and we were both like, yeah. we, all three of us were like, "Wow, that is not worth the twenty five bucks no. that it was." Yeah. So, so I, I'm so worried about these, and it's like, why spend that money when you can get something great like the Anderson Valley for nine dollars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you well, don't have to charge an arm and a leg per bourbon each. After beer. that, it was last year, and it was close to my, it was close to May. And, uh, yeah, I swore off Brooklyn ever since. The, the only thing they ever made that I loved was their barley wine. But they stopped making that, so <laughs> they have nothing that I like. Well, it's a good thing we're drinking something that we are enjoying. Yeah, and this yeah, what do you guys from have? a brewery that we weren't too fond of when we had some of their beers before. The, uh, to me, Clown Shoes is a bit hit or miss. I do enjoy the name, though. Uh, the first time I saw them at Pizza Plant, I was like, I have to get the beer that says Clown Shoes, right? And it was a really good IPA. And what we're drinking is Space Cake, a double IPA. 
And this is brought to us by friend of the show slash girlfriend, uh, Caitlin. And uh, this is enjoyable. This is uh, one of those double IPAs that have that sweetness. That but a little bit of dry on the back of your tongue. Exactly. That that kind of uh, that sweetness and that it's like a round flavor. Mm-hmm. I don't know like a bundt cake. Why, I don't know why that uh, why that I would say a round flavor, but yeah, you get it like right? a bundt yeah. cake. What's nice is sure. like it does have it's got this nice sweetness. It's got a full mouth feel, mm-hmm. and like maybe uh, that's what I mean by yeah. Uh, this I think it's like nine percent, nine percent, and you get a little bit of that alcohol after you swallow. Like you get that mm-hmm. drying effect, and then you just kind of get. Like a yeah. little bit of alcohol in your mouth. Like it lets you know that you're drinking something that's mm-hmm. higher, but it's not in any way mm-hmm. taking away from the beer or, ooh, I, it's, ooh, it's hot going all the way down or anything, but you just get that little bit of alcohol in the yeah. back. It's a wisp of alcohol. Yeah. It's after the fact. It's after the fact. Uh, very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I would definitely drink this again. I would definitely, uh, I think this could be chilled just a little bit more for optimum perfection. Uh, we could just put it outside for two seconds, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, in the negative five, negative six degrees, negative, negative six degrees out there in Buffalo. And, yeah, it uh, was a uh, negative eight here in Grand Rapids. Oh, Michigan oh today, boy, Michigan's so, yeah. so much colder than us. No, I'm just saying, I feel your pain. Like it was terrible. <laughs> hey, oh, it like, is. It is. Waiting so for my bad. car to warm up this morning was like the devil. We're the, I hated it. We're the number two snowiest city. Grand Rapids is the number eight snowiest city. Ooh, there you Ooh. go. Uh, coldest city in the world is uh, Yakuts in uh, Russia. Mm, mm, that's because they made everything out of yak guts. <laughs> uh, that's, I don't think it's actually pronounced that way. I just don't know how to pronounce it. But it is the territory in risk. Mm, it's the territory in risk. Mm. Well, something that's not in risk is our first segment that we do every week. And that's Ooh, our... Week. Exactly. Uh, huge eh? news, right? Yeah. Huge news. Huge news. Swinging into uh, the news the news. Paul, theaters. let us know about some bullshit about computers. <laughs> okay, some <laughs> bullshit about computers first to get it out of the way. Uh, BioWare is canceling the production of Shadow Realms. Shadow Realms. <laughs> let us know shit about computers. <laughs> uh, they had a, a studio working on it uh, in Bioware Austin was working on this uh, game called Shadow Realms. There was, you know, a uh, little teaser trailers out for it, and it was going to be a dungeon crawler where it was going to be three ver- or four versus one, kind of um, in the same vein as Evolve, where you have, you know, the monster hunters going up against monsters. Right. But here you would have heroes going through a dungeon, and the one person would act like this, you know, basically setting up the dungeon, going laying traps and everything, like and, Boss Monster, yeah, the card game, kind of like that. Monster Boss. Cake Boss. <laughs> uh, but Cake instead, boss. Uh, Bioware announced or, uh, it's going to halt development on it, and instead that studio will now work on enhancements on Star Wars The Old Republic and Dragon Age Inquisition and also help with the new Mass Effect game. Now, do you think, Paul, up? serious question, because you, you, you got mad last time that you... Tell us this, and then we ask you a bunch of questions. Well, no, because you ask me ridiculous questions that make no sense. Because you're like, because normally it would be like, oh, Austin, Paul, is it because they got too busy eating barbecue down in Austin? <laughs> is it because they were outside of Austin city limits? Hmm. Uh, Paul, is it because Bioware originally started as a company I would, that I would not know anything that Bioware started with? That's okay. crazy. 
Is it because they like country music? Now, uh, is it because of Taylor Swift's new CD, 1989? Now, we do you would think never that this that was something that they thought, oh, this is going to be so easy to do, and then when they actually tried to make this game, they kind of was like, oh, this shit is not working, and that's why they're scrapping it. No, it's probably because uh, EA, you know, who owns Bioware, is having trouble, and they decided trouble, that... trouble, trouble. Yeah, when they knew it was you, trouble. You when... mentioned Taylor Swift. I know they knew it. That's was her tr- song, right? Yeah, she, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Okay. Uh, the only reason I know that is because of you. You're welcome. Makes you happy, but that <laughs> makes not... you happy. Uh, but no, it's probably because of that where they want to just focus on what is making them money now, and not you know invest in a new IP. It costs a lot of money to actually have a huge studio working on a new game. So let's they're focusing on games that are currently in development. So I mean, more microtransactions is what you're saying. Yep, for Star Wars The Old Republic and also probably for Dragon Age Inquisition. You know, you got to get that Feast and Pranks pack, DLC pack out there, you know. See, like four, five years ago, that game would have sounded awesome, and I'd be like, oh, man, get Ed, get Scott, let's do this. Mm-hmm. The kind of gamer I am now, I'd be like, sounds cool, but no. Like, Evolve. Like, Evolve mm-hmm. sounds take, great, but I'm... Take out your driver's license. Take a look at your birth date. Take a look at your age. You are now an old man. It's it's stamped right on there. It, you, you know, mean, you, mean, you, know. Just, you mean just months being away from being 33? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I'm over <laughs> the hill? Yeah. I'm you an know how the hill gamer. You know how when you uh, have a license in New York and it's when you're under 21, it's actually stamped under 21. Now it's you, you can turn it in and it'll be old gamer. It'll be but stamped I'm, right on. I'm crushing it on Far Cry 4, and I'm gonna buy two new games. You know, but those are single player games, right? Because no, they have all. You, you can do stuff with it, but you won't. I won't. Yeah, you're not going to. Fuck that. Because you won't make time for that. You'll make time for the single player. Hey, I've been an old man gamer for years now. Yeah, I know. You stopped playing with your friends. Yeah, like four years ago. It's been longer than that. Five years ago. You were out of the tight unit that was Ed, Chris, Scott, and John. Yeah. In uh, Left 4 Dead. Because we were a solid unit. When we. How many players play Left 4 Dead? Uh. Well, we had to bring oh. Ed in. We made Ed buy the game because you refused to play with us. And when you did, you were dead and be like, close the door, close the door. I'm like, I'm not in yet. Close it, close it, close it. That's trying when to lock game. me out. Trying to lock me out. Yeah, I was dead. Just when we're like, game. we can't have this guy. He's a panicker. He panics. He's dead and he's panicking. I'm hearing that I didn't quit. I said so much that I got kicked out of the group. Let's be honest. There was a lot of panicking in that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, so it's sad news because I was kind of uh, excited to see what Shadow Realms was going to be because all, honestly, all we got yeah. was like a little bit of the talk of what it was going to be and these teaser trailers that looked right? kind of cool. And I didn't know anything of it until five minutes before we started the show. Uh, I mentioned it on a previous show podcast that that's it got announced, but it's okay. Thank you. It's okay. Uh, other video game news that you guys don't care about: joystick. The joysticks. I play with those all the time. Uh, no, you don't. You, you, 
a control. No, a controller. The gamepad thing is not a joystick. Those aren't little. Those little knobby things no. aren't joysticks. Analog sticks. Those are analog analog sticks. sticks. Those are not joysticks. Uh, I had for my Sega. I had a joystick with extra buttons. Oh yeah. And I Paul got a joystick pulls out right his, here. His joystick. <laughs> Put your penis away, Paul. Uh, joystick J O Y S T I Q. Dot com. Oh, the website. The website is uh close has closed its doors. It's uh they announced twelve days ago that the they were closing shop. It was a AOL uh webs- owned website, and it was one of the things that the AOL decided to defund. Uh, it looks like Joystick X and Gadget. So and Gadget is going to be taking Joystick over uh in the near future, but uh. You know, this past two weeks or week, um, it's kind of been sad because like all their podcasts have been saying goodbye. Like everything, like all the, you know, news on joystick has been basically them closing shop. So it's, you know, it reminds me of like when one up closed, you know, they can do a podcast without being paid. <laughs> I just want them to know that they, they can. I mean, really, come on. You're just being a, like, a, like, just give in. We're almost six years doing this podcast. No money. Uh, we lose money on this. Hello, beer. We do what we love. They just don't have a love of the game. They do love the game, except, you know, they... Not enough. <laughs> That's no. what you're saying. But it is sad, you know, anytime we lose these kind of uh, huge websites. Uh, you know, and then all we're left with is the IGNs all, of the world. All I hear... Is that place is closing up? No more podcasts. We got listeners that could come right <laughs> to us. We talk about bullshit computers. <laughs> yeah, we do it. Us. We let them do it. There you go. Yeah. It's one less site for me to go to to check to see if there's any. Bullshit oh, computers. My prayers have been answered. Uh, I actually like Joystick. I would go there for video game news. Not mm-hmm. that I'm like on top of it as much as Paul is, but it's a much better site than Kotaku. Oh yeah, Kotaku. I hate Kotaku. Yeah, I don't go to Kotaku. That's I had like the crab roll from there once. It was good. Gaming. That was a Paul joke. I know. You, you, I think I should silence your mic just for trying to, <laughs> just for trying and failing a Paul joke. Just horrible. It's okay. Hey, Chris. Yay! Give us that big news. That big news. Uh, announced the other day at, like, midnight, because for some reason Marvel decided to make the press release at midnight. Um, guess who's coming back to Marvel for one a little movie? bit? One movie uh, guest appearance. Cameo? It's a Spider-Man! Spider-Man! Spider-Man um, announced that there has been a partnership between Marvel Entertainment and Sony. Uh, Spider-Man gets to make an appearance in an upcoming Marvel Cinematic feature. I thought it was announced that it was going to be Captain America. It was, it was not announced, but they said he will be appearing in a movie leading up to the next Amazing Spider-Man movie or Spider-Man film, whatever they wind up calling it, from Sony, which is going to be coming out July 2017. And the only Marvel movie coming out before then, Ant-Man, which is already done, mm-hmm. Avengers, Age of Ultron. Already, already uh, wrapped up. And then Captain America Civil War, which is the strong front runner because. You can't have Civil War he... without Spider Man? Well, you, you could. Like, you could. he's not integral not... to the plot. 
they're not going to have the Fantastic Four. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's going to be a completely different movie from what we had in mm-hmm. the comics. But this kind of just goes along with my thoughts. Uh, Sony needs Marvel more than Marvel needs Sony. Because oh, yeah. the counterpoint to this side, uh, to this announcement is Marvel, uh, Entertainment producer Kevin Feige will be co-producing the upcoming Spider-Man movie. Oh, nice. Uh, So Marvel will have some input on the actual production of the film, which will be a uh, another reboot from what they're saying. They will be (laughs) focusing on a younger Spider-Man again. Andrew Garfield is rumored to be out because they want to focus more on the high school Peter Parker. You mean the ultimate Spider-Man? That's that's what some people are calling for, like saying, hey, why rehash Peter Parker again? Why not do something a little bit different and, you know, bring in, uh, like, Miles Morales? Mm-hmm. Do, do something different. And I, I think that'd be cool. Why, why not do something different? I don't need to see Spider-Man's origin again. But your everyday moviegoer is not going to understand. Well, that's why you would do it as an origin for Miles Mor- Morales. Yeah. If you were going to do an origin movie for Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you would do Miles Morales now. Or you do what was leaked in the Sony docu emails and just make Spider-Man 007 and just not explain why it's a different actor. Just Yeah, you don't, you don't need that. Just everyone knows who Spider-Man is. You know where yeah. he came from. Do it. You know, Spider-Man. Peter Parker from uh, Brooklyn with Love. If there's a third person I don't need to see die after Thomas and Martha Wayne... It's probably Uncle Ben. No. I thought they did a pretty good job in the first Amazing Spider-Man with that origin. But yeah, I agree. Uh, the other thing that I saw was um, still up in the air is how long Secret Six, your Venom, your other tie-in uh, Aunt May movie, uh, that they're still set to be released. But there's no information that's going into those, which makes me think that, no, those are not going to be coming out. Well, they, there was rumors forever, uh, a year ago that Sony was looking to spin off Sony Pictures you know, because, and focus on consumer electronics because Sony, you know, it loses money. They're losing money. They just spun off Sony Online Entertainment. It is now its own thing. Daybreak, right? Or something yeah. like that. So, you know, maybe this is all part and parcel of them being like, hey, look, this, you know, we're a sinking ship. Where can we recuperate this money? Where can we become profitable? How do we turn red numbers into black numbers? And I think this might sweeten the pot. If they can't make money off of Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universes, then look for Spider-Man to be sold back to Marvel. Or to Disney. I think I think that might be where it's going to be going. I mean, mm-hmm. especially with them already getting getting their foot in and getting some control. But I think this just prolongs uh, the death march over at Sony for Spider-Man. It just lets Sony make some more money off the uh, Spider-Man franchise instead of them losing their money and just letting it be sold back to Marvel or Disney at this point. Yeah. Uh, the thing that really upsets me is, like, Drew Goddard left the Daredevil series to go make that Secret Six movie. 
And it's like, well, if I'm not going to get a Drew Goddard Secret Six, and I didn't get Daredevil by him, like, a little pissed. Oh, I mean, we could still get something down the line. I mean, who's to say that if Marvel does get Spider-Man back, Drew Goddard's not their go-to guy because he's kind of been in the fold. And he's weeding already. He's a weed guy. He's a he's a weed and lackey. Like there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. Work. That's why he got the daredevil job. That and I mean he's he's made good stuff. And Disney will go out and get forever. They got the guy from Looper doing uh the Star Wars movie. Yeah, so that'll be great. Yeah. Good. I'm and, excited about that I mean, one. So, Brothers there is Bloom a, in space. A downside to this. Uh, a couple Marvel movies are it's getting pushed back. Um, and I think this is due to Kevin Feige having to work with Sony to produce uh, the next Spider-Man movie. Babysit. But we now have Thor Ragnarok moving back to November 2017, Black Panther moving back to July 2018, uh, Captain Marvel moving back to November 2018, Inhumans, July 2019, but uh, Avengers Infinity War, still the same. Those aren't changing at all. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of makes, you know, those movies that got moved back to November, they're characters that aren't the biggest draws, right? And also, we already saw that it doesn't matter when a Marvel movie comes out. We were like, oh, August for Guardians of the Galaxy. August is usually the month where things just die out. Like, from the years we've done the movie bracket, we're like, oh, August never makes any money. And boy, were we wrong when it came to (laughs) Guardians Guardians of the the Galaxy. Galaxy. They'll make their money. And studios do have a hard time. Like, that Christmas draw, it was huge when Gravity broke $92 Like that was it opening weekend or opening week like that was huge it usually doesn't happen like they put movies where they think will be a big draw for families there you know that's because that's what makes money so you put these movies there and you 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 have another pole in the tent pole you know you have another you don't just have the summer movie blockbuster now you you expand it you you keep that money going nice and even through the studio you know, I, I think it's a good I'm just, bet. I'm just hoping that this benefits Sony enough where they're like, okay, well, maybe we'll let Marvel have rights back to the character, but they get something off the back end. Where, like, kind of like okay. you said, Paul, they don't have to worry about any of the like costs. They just get something. They get yeah. a little bit of a vig almost. Like, uh, kind of like, like what happened with what was it, Paramount? Leasing to like. Uh lease to buy kind of a thing where they're like you can buy us out of our ownership the licensing rights to it but we get x amount of the box office yeah exactly x percentage that's what you want to see i i i'm okay with that and i think marvel would be too because if they can have rights back to that mm-hmm. i mean the the big thing i saw being bandied around after this announcement was that Spider-Man is an $8 billion franchise for Sony. But that's all the Spider-Man yeah, movies all this, but yeah. <laughs> have done that. And Avengers did like a billion dollars on its own. Domestic. The, like, that's insane. Domestically did a billion dollars on its own. Uh, I have no idea what their worldwide figures were on the Avengers. Yeah. So like if, you know, Sony can get like, a fraction of that money coming in on anything Spider-Man related. It, I think it'd be worth it for Marvel to be like, yeah, you guys get, you know, some ludicrous percent. Like, you get 12%. We're, 
we're, we're cool. We'll let you have that. Crumbs. <laughs> Crumbs from the table. <laughs> we're not greedy here. Have this crusty bread. But honestly, huge news. I never thought we would see studio crossover characters, ever. No. and like, But, I mean, Marvel's been playing really nice with Sony. I mean, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 got a toy line, got, you know, they put stuff into that mm-hmm. where X-Men uh, Days of Future Past got nothing. They didn't do a toy line. They didn't do anything to we'll support that movie. the same thing for Fantastic Four, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it, not, not, only, not only that, they're killing off the Fantastic Four in their series is... They killed off Wolverine. They're yeah, killing... you know they're they're killing Daredevil because Fox is putting out a Daredevil they, or uh, yeah a Deadpool movie. They've tried to uh, loop in, you know, get rid of the X Men franchises by looping them in with the Avengers franchise. You know, in the comic books, yeah. Uncanny Avengers. Though X Men just makes you know they sell comic books, so there's they would shoot themselves in the foot by ending X Men titles. Speaking about titles, what titles are you guys looking forward to in the list? Uh, much like what Marvel did with uh, the X-Men franchise and just make it a female cast uh, to try to... Oh, they're making X-Factor all female? Uh, I'm uh, excited about... No, uh, not, that's that was weird. Uh, no, they, they, they... You can't have X-Factor without multiple man. Well, there, there's probably a multiple I used to, men. I used to say that out. about, you know, X-Factor without Havoc, and they proved me wrong. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, you know, they have a female lead character in She-Hulk, and sadly this book is coming to an end. Because nobody else is going to write it after uh, Paul, uh, Charles Soule. So, it's t- issue number 12 is coming out, and this, uh, this ends this modern She-Hulk run. Mm. Hey, it lasted 12 more issues than we... No, I I would think we... I think we... I know, I'm asking how many issues. 12. 12. All right, so six months. (laughs) Marvel timeline? No, it it lasted probably eight months. Yeah. All right. Splitting hairs. I I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, there's two (laughs) trades. I mean, that's good for this book. Something like that. I don't see it lasting. Dan Slot had only two trades worth, but I think it was longer than twelve issues. But that's coming from Soleil, mm-hmm. who's off to bigger and better things than She-Hulk. I mean, he's writing most of Marvel's comics right now, pretty much. So, and also has a day job as an actual lawyer. So I don't know. And he also has his own independent work, Letter Forty Four, and other things. So yeah. So he's he's. I think he's he's. He's yeah. due to okay, let this slide. Yeah. So I would like to be in a courtroom where he is actually like doing his lawyering and he's like, The defense calls Matt Murdock. <laughs> Wait, where where am I again? Sorry, sorry. Uh my case files here got mixed up with my comic book scripts. I'm sorry. L- can I call for a short recess? He just he uses the recess to finish writing like, yeah. the twelve book season. <laughs> exactly. He's just tying everything into storylines. He's like, do you I mean? Uh, he, he's working for the mob, the kingpin. He is the kingpin of crime. You can't go against him. He looks fat, but he's all muscle. It's all muscle. Now, 
Uh, I do have one question on the crossing. And he's got suspenders, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, got his hands under the suspenders. He's a, <laughs> he's a simple southern lawyer. <laughs> became Atticus Finch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just have one question uh, on the cross-examining. Witness, do you uh, mind if I actually write this into a comic book series that I'm writing? And instead of you being a, you know, delivery man for UPS, you are actually the Silver Surfer. Delivering cosmic gifts from Galactus. Did, did yes? you say Silver no. Surfer because of that picture earlier? Yes. <laughs> there you go. What can Silver do for you? Your child whispering. John's showing me a Oreo holder. It's a, it's like it's like a spoon, but with a hook on the end, and you put the cream part of the Oreo on the hook, and then put that into your milk. It's basically, you know, the it's like an egg dipper. Yeah, egg yeah. dipper. That's what it is, and they're selling it as an Oreo dipper because somebody is smarter than me and is now making money off of something that stupid. Yeah, but how ingenious is that? I got egg dippers that I could totally convert into Oreo dippers. Yeah. But I'm afraid of tetanus. What are you afraid of missing on the comic book shelves? Oh, man. Hey, I love American Vampire. The art by Raphael Albuquerque is great in that. So, American Vampire. Very good. Chris, what are you looking forward to? Excellent pick, John. (laughs) And artist. Raphael Albuquerque, I'm, Paul is just loving this. He's laughing so hard. Uh, is working with Mike Johnson to put out eight. Uh, the two are writing it together, art by Raphael Albuquerque, and this is a cosmonaut stuck in an inhospitable dimension uh, with no memory of how he got there, no connection to the other people who have put him into space. And uh, this is a nice one of five, so it's not an ongoing series. He's still laughing. He's still just He's so still just happy about proud. it. That Paul Proudness. Uh, and this book uh, from Dark Horse Comics seems pretty interesting. Uh, two people I like. I like Mike Johnson and uh, Raphael Albuquerque. What book did you pick up on? What? I picked up Empty. <laughs> Which was about what? Oh, God. Did you look at it? It's so bad. It was I opened up the first so page, wait. and I was like, oh, shit, this book is going to suck. So wait, and it does. It's this, horrible. This book deals with a person being in a horrible wilderness, right? A, a, a dimension that is... In an, on, an inhospitable dimension. dimension. And the book Empty is about a guy... Uh, where? It's about a woman. Oh, oh I'm sorry. In a apocalyptic world, but there are this rich class of people. Oh, okay. So it isn't inhospitable. No, because okay. there's these rich people who are uh, living the lavish lifestyle and with plenty of food to eat. And then one of those lavish people, who's kind of a little bit of an outcast, goes to the empty where all these people who have Mother sores Teresa. and well, she's kind of like is a dope. Is no, it could be. Could be. You should write a song about that. Uh, and then uh, there's this woman who's got all these scars, who's wrapped in bandages with like really goofy long arms and stupid weapons, and a fox with antlers. They find she finds her, and then they're friends. It looks horrible. It is just a horrible looking book. 
And it's just stupid. It's bad. I hate it. I hate it every minute of it. I thumbed through it and it read pieces because I was like, all right, maybe it'll pick up. And it's not. It's bad. I don't like looking at it. I don't like. I don't like it at all. I oh, first page. I was like, I hate it. I but hate he this has book. High hopes for this one. Well, I don't know. I, after you talked about this book, I like Raphael Albuquerque, mm-hmm. and I like Mike Johnson. I actually really enjoy what's going on in Supergirl right now. I know Paul wasn't wowed by it, but mm-hmm. I, I'm enjoying it. Well, the thing was, Supergirl, I, I, I had in-school fatigue. Yeah. Like, because we read three books in a row, where, which all came out like that same month. All the, you know, where oh, suddenly yeah. these kids are in school. So I don't know. It's it, that's okay. I can understand, but uh, understand that. But now it's like it's almost like a Superboy and Supergirl book, and it's mm. it's pretty cool. I dig it. It's not great. It's something I just pick up to have something different to read. Like I probably won't stick around on it, but I don't need to because it's getting canceled when <laughs> DC, DC like relaunches everything, anyways. Mm-hmm. You know but that the- makes me also not want to pick up. Like Marvel books, because they're going to be ending their universe. Like Uncanny, um, Uncanny Avengers. Like we picked it up, mm-hmm. we re- we read it, but at the same time when I picked it up, I was like, "Well, it doesn't matter." Like, why yeah. would you announce that you're going to be doing this and then launch new titles? But will the story have a conclusion? As long it does, it I can the understand. The only reason I think that book is there is to set up that Wanda and Quicksilver yeah. are not Magneto's kids. Yeah, no, okay. that's that's probably it exactly. They just need to get that foot in the door so they I, can be like, no, see, we can keep publishing it. I can understand that, but like, when Supergirl ended before, uh, Flashpoint, I, I felt like, oh, no, it, I kept on picking up that book, knowing it quote unquote didn't comic book nerdy matter, because it was gonna come to an end. But I still got an interesting fun story, and the reasons I picked it up from that first issue were still there in that last issue. Yeah. And that's all that really matters to me as a comic book reader. As long as I'm having, I'm enjoying it as much as I did when I first picked it up and I'm getting a good sto- and complete story, I won't care if it, its continuity doesn't last past that, those pages there. Well, that's what it looks like we're going to be heading into with, uh, more DC books though after convergence. Mm-hmm. So. And that's it, fine. Like, it, it, it could be a new golden age. Mm-hmm. I hope it is. Because, oh yeah, yeah me DC too. I, I would everything. love to like just be buying books because I like reading them. Yeah, and it's stuff that I don't normally buy. Like my pick from Marvel, which is Silk Number One, by Robbie Thompson and art by Stacy Lee. Ooh. And this is the story of Cindy Moon, the girl who was bitten by the exact same radioactive spider that bit Peter Parker after that fateful accident years ago. Um. I had no idea this character existed until I started reading the Spider-Verse event. And now that Spider-Verse is over, I, I'm considering myself a Spider-Man fan again. I'm going to be buying Amazing Spider-Man. I'm going to buy Silk when this is coming out. I'm going to be buying the Spider-Gwent book when that comes out. I'm kind of on the fence about buying some of the other stuff, like Spider-Woman. That looks kind of mm-hmm. cool. I like the uh, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Woman new costume. Yeah, but I, not I as much as I love the Spider Gwen costume. Spider Gwen costume is one of the best costume designs that I've seen. And if I, oh man, I would power rank it. It would be Spider Gwen, the new Batgirl, and then basically the same thing. The new Batgirl 
is basically the same as, or I should put it the other way, the new Spider-Woman costume is basically the Batgirl costume. Yeah. And well, I enjoyed those both. I'm going to say, too, like, if you're a fan of that uh, Batgirl art by Babs Tarr, mm-hmm. the art by Stacey Lee over on Silk, it's kind of reminiscent of that. Yeah. I can definitely uh, this is a, This is a book I'm really looking forward to, not just talking about on the uh, February look back, because this is probably going to be one of the ones that I picked for it, but this is a book I'm just looking forward to reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, fun. definitely. Like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that book's coming out. I definitely want to check that out. And w- I was going to pick it for my list until John mentioned things that, oh, this character is known and has, has a continuity outside of this book, and I'm like, oh, I'm now less interested in it, because I have I was like, oh, cool, this character that I have no idea about. You just don't like the fact that she's boning Spider-Man. Nope. She, he should be married and in love with Mary Jane Watson, and everything should be good and happy. I don't know. It's, happy. I like it. It's a, it's a nice little twist on that Spider-Man mythos. It's it's the Jeff Johnsing <clears throat> of Spider-Man, where it's like, yeah, that spider still existed after like like Peter threw it off of its arm. It, it bit someone else. And, like, the two of them give off pheromones that just kind of attract each other. Well, yeah, because they both have the same DNA inside of them. It's kind of, it's kind of incestuous. Yeah, they do. It's it's kind of a little, uh. Paul's getting weird. It's kind of fire and ice in here. It's kind of a little fire and ice. I'm just gonna say. And I mean, the the song. 249. Paul gets weird. (laughs) Right, so it's, it's a little incestuous. They're, they got the same spider DNA. Yeah. They share... It's... A little song of fire and ice. It's in. I definitely think this number one is going to be a launching point because not a lot of people really know who she is. So I think it is going to be a good number one, Paul, where it is kind of a... a, a it's not a jumping on the point. Jumping mm-hmm. on point. It's a, hey, here's this character. We want her to be her own character. We, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, she has a tie-in to Spider-Man. Yes, Spider-Man might be popping up, but this yeah. is this is this character's story. Mm-hmm. But the things from Marvel that I enjoy are the ones that don't cross over. Uh, She-Hulk, Hawkeye, uh, Thor. Yeah, at the same time, those are characters Ms. Marvel. that do pop up in those big crossover events. Yeah, but their books themselves. But, okay, yeah. And, yeah and those the books characters themselves. pop up in other people's books. Where mm-hmm. you're, I think this she's probably going to be a little bit on her own. You're going to see Spider Man because they're kind of boyfriend and girlfriend. But who knows? It could be go a totally different view, totally mm-hmm. different angle. Yeah. You know, I, well, Paul, Paul, we'll see. I I look forward to seeing what you think about this book. Yeah, from, uh, the end of February. I'm excited for that look back for us to read all these <coughs> comic books together. And speaking of reading comic books, we do the next beer tasting first. Well, we only S- got segue, two. Each. Segue into the beer. Yeah, yeah but I, I, tells I'm the sand is going to be a really. I'm still quick. drinking my mead. Oh yeah, so, well, well so then. Can we can we do this and then? Yeah, yeah. Could we? Yeah, yeah. Could we just you know not? Let's just change the thing? format, guys. Just change it again. <laughs> change it again. Let's let's, let's remember how we're supposed to do it. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm I remember. Not ready to do okay. another yeah. beer yet? No, you don't remember, Paul. If you remembered, you wouldn't go to the beer. I, 
No, I want to go. I'm just beer. doing this because Chris told me that he, he likes when he hears us argue. It, it was funny when I was listening to the uh, last episode. And I honestly don't even remember what we were fighting about. Was <laughs> so, it's stupid. so stupid. Uh, uh, no, it actually it's, was going into the dramatic reading. <laughs> it was two episodes in a row now that John and I have fought. <laughs> Is it really funny? Because I just I just raise my voice, and whatever you're saying, I disagree with it. Yeah, you know, I guess it is a fight, right? Yeah, yeah that's it's exactly what a fight but is. But it's not real. I don't really yeah. feel that way, Paul. Okay, well, we'll hug it out later. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, you know what we'll do? We'll split a beer. We'll enjoy each <laughs> Like we company. are doing in two seconds? Yeah. After the dramatic reading, though. Have we given We're you enough after. time to drink that beer, Chris? <laughs> but you got it. And no, now. Was, and now. And reading. now. And now, a dramatic reading from Skull Kickers, number one, page 14, panel four. Tain't no pansy bowman gonna escape from me. And that was a dramatic reading from Skull Kickers, number one, page 14, panel four. You say it's from uh, Skull Kickers, but all I could think of was the Scotsman from Samurai Jack. I really watched Samurai Jack. Oh, it's good. Well, here, here's the thing: every single dwarf in anything now is Scottish, so that's just kind of how it goes. Oh, he's a dwarf. He's not even a Scotsman with a gun for a leg. No and a sword in his hand. Gun for a leg, sword for a hand. No a sword in his hand, <laughs> not for a hand. Oh, so but he's uh, he does have he a gun John's, for a leg. Yeah, John's yeah. hopes up. Now coming and wearing up for a kilt. Comics. He's wearing a kilt. All right, so he's got a kilt. Yes, he's got a gun leg. He's got a gun like, and he has a sword. Chris, have you drank that sword. beer yet? Yeah, I finished it. Okay. And that's that's the Scotsman in uh, Samurai Jack. Scotman. Scotsman. Samurai. Jack. 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 If you're not intrigued by that, I don't know what will you make you You know what I'm intrigued by? This new brewery we're drinking. Uh, this is uh from... the special. It's a special release from Ninkasi Brewing out of Eugene, Oregon. And uh, checking into this beer, they have a lot of different beers. Uh, definitely a brewery that I really want to start checking out because this Imperial Stout mm-hmm. is uh, pretty delicious. There's nothing like, there's no wow factor to it, but it is just a really, really, really good stout. This is an Imperial Stout. It's 9% by uh, 9% alcohol. And... Um, John says there's no wow to it. I took my first sip and was like, yeah, there's, oh, okay, this is a nice, simple Russian Imperial Stout. It's good. And then by the time I was like, it was good, then that whole coffee rich ground flavor came back all of a sudden. It's like, oh, you thought you were done tasting me? No. No. I'm right back here. I'm right back here in your mouth. (laughs) I'm back. Hey, guys. I left the party. Forgot my keys. I'm back. You thought I'm I was, coffee grounds. You thought I was done to, this shit. You thought I was done tormenting you. I'm teabagging you. <laughs> this is pretty awesome. This is the this is the cheesecake of imperial stats. You have to go back before we started recording the episode to understand that. <laughs> that joke is not for you. That is not That's for you. Joke for you us. Get that. that is an in joke. Uh, it's a, it's a it is a great it's a great beer. I I don't know. Do you remember what you paid for it? Uh, no, because it was four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. It is a great, it's a, it is, it's a, it's a good, I mean, there's, there is no, there is no wow factor, but it is a really good, this is 
it, it, it's I gave this uh, I believe I gave it a I gave it a four out of five stars. This is definitely a uh, imperial stout mm-hmm. that I will go back to. I want to check out other things from the brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a brewery that is on my radar. All that see you out were like self censoring yourself from being a great. In the well, air, it like, it's not great. It's, it's not, not great. It's, it's on the way to but being the, great, but it's not great. everything else you said is like, this is a, that sounds like, no, a great beer would put the brewery on the map for me, put it on my radar. It would make me want to pick it up again. And it, let's say it was $8.99 because it's a great, it's a great one. Uh, no, it's really good, but I mean, it's, it's just a stout. <coughs> There's nothing. It is. It's, it's just a stout. Yeah, but it's nine percent. It's a. It's so a. So it's imperial. It's an imperial stout. It's okay. a good. It's a really. It's a really, really good imperial stout. Okay. I'm glad. It's something that you should check out. It's something that if you can find this, drink it. You should. Okay. It's solid. It's a solid stout. It's great. It's not great. It's really good. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. It's not like. It's not like. It's not the greatest stout I've ever had. Sometimes I wish we were on video. Because <laughs> I am so incredulous, like, looking at John, because he goes, it's great. And then no, I'm like, it's, yes, it's it is it's great. No, no, it's, it's, not it's great. really I, good. I no, want to say, really, really really say great, but it's not great. I, it's really How many fairy winks, goddammit? It gets at least three and a half fairy wings. Out of four. No, How is five. that not great? Out of five. Come on, Paul. Don't you remember the fairy wing scale? It's always... How can there be an odd number of fairy wings? Look at this. Look at this. One, two, three, four, five. I just winked at you five times. And this beer would have winked at me three and a half times. Yeah, because that's that one where you're about to wink and then you're like, oh, maybe the other eye? Should I do the other eye? And then the other eye doesn't close all the way. Got an infection. Ooh! That sucks. It's it's a it's a. I feel you, brother. <laughs> it's we it, we we have fairy. had we have had better imperial stouts. Yes, that cost twenty dollars. Yeah, they're called you, Rassler. You don't remember how much this cost you. You could have yeah. paid ten. You could have paid twelve. You could have no. Paid... It wasn't it wasn't uh, that expensive because I took a flyer on it. It's somewhere in the eight ninety nine to ten ninety nine range. If that is true, it makes it a hell of a lot. Is it great though? No, it's not great. <laughs> Taste wise, no, it is. It just is. Just to be sure, it's got it's got a great flavor to it, but it's not anything that really stands out. It's it's got yeah that coffee comes back to you, but it's nothing like it's nothing that really wows you. You take a sip and you go, oh, that's a really good stout. And it is. It's a really good imperial stout. Chris, what are you drinking? Um, my Chris, second cleanup beer. I'm sorry you had to listen to all of that. I'm because sorry. I, I'm that's, a, a, that's okay. I'm not I'm looking up the pricing. <laughs> um, my second cleanup beer is from Atwater Brewery. I had the other three from the sample pack. I think last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago now. I'm not sure. Go to the show notes page at baggingboard.com to find out. Um, but this is their Winter Bach. It's a high-gravity lager. Um, this is nice. I think I put this at three stars on 
untapped. It's very drinkable. It's got a nice little smoothness on it, a little bit of malt, kind of a like caramely sweetness on it. It's not bad. It's not great. I'd say it's good. Good. Not really, really good. It's not really. It's it's good. It's definitely drinkable. It's something that I have one more bottle of sitting in the kitchen. I'll I'll drink it eventually. I I look forward to drinking it because I know it's something that it, it's drinkable. Um, the other ones that I pulled out of the sampler pack, the hop appeal, which was like the orange, like IPA. Lexi drank those ones on me. Like I'm I was more than okay with that. The VJ Black I found out is a coffee, like a vanilla coffee imperial stout, which is probably why I loved it so much when I had it on the show because I didn't know that until I had checked into it like the next day. Um, that was probably my favorite. I don't know if that made buying the sampler pack worth it because like the other three beers in there were were okay. I honestly don't even remember the other one now. Oh, it was the uh, Voodoo Vader. Can't remember what style it was, but it was good. Not great. Drinkable. I just threw out a lot of words there. Paul, did you find the price yet? Uh, no. But online, this brewery sells most of their beers for about eight ninety nine and six ninety nine. So, uh, I just went to the okay. website of the store that I bought it from, and it's not listed there on their website. No. So, uh, but yeah, I can't imagine it being more than ten ninety nine because. I, I spent a lot of money that day, but <laughs> that was because <laughs> like like a lot of times when we go to buy yeah beer, whenever I even when I go like I'm not going to spend a lot of money I spend seventy five dollars yeah it, I can't it not. happens really quick when I bought these meads I didn't plan on spending that much but I saw them and I was like all right I'll do it and John luckily you didn't spend that much money on this book that wait we're... hold on hold on I'm oh. sorry can oh, I interject quick of course. Yeah. Because we got a listener email, and I wanted to talk about this in the uh, Week in Geek, but then we got caught up in Spider-Man talk. Another listener email? Great! Not, it's not so much another listener email as much as a listener response email. Oh, mm. great. Okay, cool. Um, we were asked previously by listener Jonathan about what beers he should check out when he's driving through Virginia to New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave our thoughts on that, and he responded back. And he says, hey guys, thanks for the response. I will definitely be looking for y'all's suggestions. Also, I realize a lot of time and money go into putting out a podcast, and I really appreciate y'all. Oh, thank you. If, if y'all ever want any Texas beers sent your way, just let me know. Thanks, guys. And then he signs it, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Um, also, also with an address there. So I think that means he needs to get beer sent to him. Oh, hey, I'm, uh, well, I'm just, also a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> do, you, do you have Valentine's Day cards? Or are you going to go to the store and buy them for like a dollar now? Uh, that, shh. Now? Oh, Bob, just send him one of your Christmas cards. That's, that's <laughs> always <laughs> won't know what you look like. That's true. Uh, no, thank you so much for the uh, response back. And uh, I hope you enjoy uh, our the Swedish meatball, the uh, our goaltender, Jonas Enneroth. Enjoy him hmm. as a Dallas Star Wait. for the year that you have him. And Roth plays for the Stars now. Uh, yeah, he was traded this week. No, there's. Wow, I, mean, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, for a conditional third round, Mike. If he wins four games in the playoffs for the Stars, we get a second. Boring. 
I just want a sports podcast. I was gonna say I I do have an interest in the Sabers. I used to be a bigger fan than I am now, but well, you yeah. better represent when you move down to wherever you move to next. Oh, I um I don't know how far Daytona is from Jacksonville, but I'm okay with getting like twenty dollar like center ice tickets. <laughs> These are Tampa Bay Panthers. Yeah, Tampa to, Bay uh, Panthers. No, Florida to Panthers. the Florida Panthers. Yes, and Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning. Um, I was I, know, I was also I, thinking of the football team. The who, who's who's down there? Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I know. But why are you looking at me? I'm looking. You're looking at me. I'm glazed over. Like God, won't they shut up? Okay. Uh, well, okay. I'm sorry, we were taking care of our listener email. Well, no, I wanted to say, like, Jonathan, definitely, if there's anything that we review that you can't get in that area, uh, we will break all laws transporting beer. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say this on open mic. I will. (laughs) People do it all the time. I just read an article about trading beer online, Mm -hmm. and there's definitely... uh, Forward me that article, or just put it up on the Bang Board Facebook, because I would like to read that. Uh, yeah, if I can, if I find it again, I will. But definitely, uh, if there's anything, if there's anything that we review that really interests you and you can't get in your area, maybe we can help you by finding a place where you can get it. There we go. Uh, where Wink. I was, where I was going to go with it, Paul. How many, how many winks, Paul? Uh, he gave me, he gave me four and a quarter fairy winks there. That would be an amazing wink. Uh, three it, out of five sounds pretty great to me. And if you want to know, if you want to just, well, we got your address. We can figure out what breweries and beers are around your area that we could uh, get some different tastes from. Uh, definitely, we would definitely like to try those beers and uh, or we, know about uh, those breweries around you. And we can also good. ask you maybe to go down to Austin and ask Fireware, what the hell? What the hell, man? <laughs> what the hell? I was going to say, also, uh, if you could email us back and let us know when you will be home from your your trip up north. Uh, oh, Valentine's Day card never goes bad. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm just saying, so, like, for beer reasons. Oh, oh, well, you know, we're just that's that's for off the show. That, that's all off the show talk. But hey, thanks for your email. And if you want to email us, hit us up at contactatbangboardcast.com or individually at Chris, John, or Paul at bangboardcast.com. I didn't know he was driving from. He's driving from Virginia up to New York. Well, well, he's he's from Texas. He's right. going to Virginia, and then he's going up to New York. All right. Yeah, so we did the right is, thing. Is he driving up? That wasn't gone over Cause, in email. All right, because that, that changes some things. Let us know in another email. <laughs> What's the one thing that it's... The, just name the breweries real quick. Well, Go I ahead. mean, he's got it. I mean, I would stop at Dogfish Head in that yeah, area. Stop at their brew pub because they do even crazier things. Isn't that up in Delaware, though? That's That's too far past. Not he's if he's driving from Virginia, Virginia to, New York. to New York. This is interesting okay, conversation yeah. to know. Like, go ahead. I'm just if saying, you like, you are on a drive from Florida and or Virginia along <laughs> up the uh, uh, the East Coast to New York City. Go ahead. What what breweries? Because this is more interesting than Tales from Sand. Oh, oh no. Uh, I definitely. I mean, I just think like Dogfish Head is definitely something that mm-hmm. you have. It's an experience. You yeah. need to go there. At least stop at their brew pub because the craziest things imaginable are in their brew pub that don't get bottled, and you thought they bottled crazy things. It's the Willy Wonka factory. Yeah. 
And they also make a lot of distilled different spirits, too. I've had a peanut butter vodka from them, mm. which is absolutely delicious. Nice. And when you put it in hot chocolate, it's uh, amazing. Sounds really good. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I just went, I just dug, there's a couple other breweries in the area. I can't think of, think of them off the top of my head, but Dogfish Head is definitely something that, that little bit of a detour. I mean, those guys, they're master brewers and they always take chances. I mean, they could just I'm, brew. I'm going to challenge John right here, right now on the show. I want you to write an article for bagboard.com. About what breweries you should check out if you're making that drive. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we are supporting the website a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Um, and if you didn't check it out already, we talked about it on uh, episode 248. But a friend of the show, Janet, is now a contributor to the website. And her first blog went up uh, the other day talking about the uh, sci-fi show Z Nation. And it's constant comparisons to The Walking Dead. And I didn't even know this show existed, but after reading that article, I was like, wow, I kind of want to check this show out. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, and it's on uh, Netflix, and that's why she rated it. Exactly. So go to uh, bangboard.com, read that. And John, I look uh, forward to reading your article. Called John's Sometime. Brew Trips. <laughs> if I'm traveling from one area to another, these are the places I want to go. Because that's what I do in my real life. When I hear I'm going somewhere... <laughs> Or I need to go somewhere, I go. Oh, let me. That's me typing uh, on the computer. If you can hear that, I could. Yeah. Uh, where do I need to stop and get a beer? Uh, and I've brought issue. a lot of that's great not... places to just the three of us. Say what? In the Ale House, just in Canada. Uh, when we used to do our beer trips mm-hmm. to Syracuse, pass through Pints, maybe. You're passing John, through this, the city, so you got to stop and. Yeah. The pints, this is the something I would read. I wrote John, on a this title. Is something I would read on the website. You should do it. I'm thinking of better titles. Oh, you don't even know what I did. No, I don't. I'm sorry, Chris. What did you say? Because I was so angry at Paul, I didn't hear you. This is something you should definitely write up. This is something no, I, I would want to read. I wrote a title down to remind me to do it. Because that would be an article that I could... not. That's an article that writes itself for me. Because it's what uh, I, I do say, anyways. Don't, don't have it be an article. Have it be a column and a series of articles. Oh yeah, no. Trust me. Uh, we're planning on going to visit Chris. Hey. Uh, in a in about a, what a like a, a month. month and a half. Yeah. And not only was I planning on trip on places we need to stop going up through Canada, but also coming back through the United States where we should stop. That's where my mind goes. That's what I do. And remind. I was gonna say I'm looking forward to that visit and the episode we will probably wind up recording at Founders. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think we should do something at every place that we go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Chris, uh, just so I'm aware, should I bring my own puke bucket or do you have one there? Yeah, I. I mean, I don't... That's, that's personal, Paul. You, oh, okay, you uh, I'll, I will pack my own. I don't have to sleep with Paul, do I? <laughs> No, no but I, I would say if one of you could bring an air, air mattress, mattress, I'll bring an air mattress. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew, uh, I thought John had one, but. I do. Oh, unless, I, unless you guys want to sleep together. You know. I have a sleep cuddly. Bag. I have a sleeping bag. I, I'm super cuddly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into Jim Henson's A Tale of Sand. Wait, that, that's going to bring us into our main topic. Which is <laughs> the, uh, the book. A Jim Henson's A Tale of Sand. Now, they call this his 
lost script, um, which is actually code for it should have stayed lost. This is this when before Jim Henson became Jim Henson and really focused on his puppeteering, he started getting into creative filmmaking. Um, and there's a couple things that you that they mention in the foreword. And that you can check out on YouTube. The Henson Company does have a YouTube channel where they have a lot of his uh, movies and different things about Jim Henson. Uh, Timepiece is up there. It's about two hours long. And then he has a full... Two hours? Two, two minutes long. I'm sorry. Okay. And then he has a almost a full motion picture called, um, I believe, called Cube, which is about just a guy... Trapped in this cube, which he was actually nominated for, um... Marceau Marcel. Was he the one trapped in the cube? No. Uh, but I believe it was up for an Academy Award. Um, so this is the third thing that he was wanted to make into a movie. Um, the second thing that he worked with, um, Jerry... Is it Jewel? Yep, Jerry Jewel. Um, on who became a fast friend and a creative writing buddy. Um, and this is kind of their script that they worked on over years and years and years, I believe almost 10 years, and tried to get it made for that 10 years. Couldn't find the right backing for it. Um, I wonder why. This was kind of sold as like a big epic kind of a story. And when I first heard about this, I thought it was really interesting um, the way it was pitched was it was like this lost, the last thing he was going to make before he passed away. Very Henson-y mm-hmm. story. And when I thought about this, I thought it was going to be very labyrinth, dark crystal mm-hmm. kind of story. And it is not that. It's a really bad episode of Twilight Zone. Ah. Uh... I'd say it's very Twilight Zone-y. It's LSD Twilight Zone. Um, but I think that Raymond Perez... Ramon. Ramon. I'm sorry. Everybody loves Raymond, but this guy's Ramon. Um, did a great job bringing this to life. And I think the book looks amazing. Mm-hmm. It, oh, yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful looking book. Um, and I think if you're not... If you're reading this on your phone, you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're reading it digitally. Um, one of the only complaints I would have with this is if you pay full price for the hardback edition, or and then that's the only edition it has, or full price digitally. I bought this on sale. I forget exactly what I paid for it. You're paying for Perez's art because it's beautiful, and that is what the whole book is. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's a little crazy, a little zany, but... A little. <laughs> a little crazy. A little zany. It's a fun book, and if you're a Jim Henson fan, it's definitely something to check out mm-hmm. because this is something that he had worked years on, and this is it finally becoming... Real. Right. Um, and for the public. And I think they do a great job of bringing this book to life. Bringing his story to life. It's. Chris, go ahead, man. Because 
the only thing I can say is the this book feels like it's been worked on for ten years and it never got completed because it's had another maybe ten years to go. It's like one of those things where oh we have ideas of the story and we're trying to find it, trying to get the right hook for it, and there's a lot of ideas in there, a lot of crazy sight gags. A lot of just zany stuff going on. And all in all, I, I don't know if it really works cohesively as a set narrative. I, I think you're being stuck on that, like, working cohesively because it's not cohesive, but I don't think it's supposed to be. It's definitely mm-hmm. a little bit more experimental. And when you see Jim Henson's name on this, you start thinking, like, Oh, Muppets and the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. And this is a lot more, or I should say, much more adult. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. We're seeing this, some this movies. is so far removed from that. And the only thing it has in common with any of those things is the fact that it, it was written by Jim Henson. Uh, I don't know how this would be as a film. I feel like if I was watching this on the screen, it would watch like a fever dream like it wouldn't really work but there's definitely scenes in labyrinth that (laughs) are fever dreamish and are just crazy and just you open up the door and it's something completely unexpected there are definitely scenes that i'm like like the whole uh cafe in the middle of a urinal like that it's almost like a like almost like a benny hill like just crazy Any more of that song you saying we would have to play pay royalties for us? So thank you for stopping. Well, it just repeats what I said. Don't tell people that. Then we have to pay royalties. Uh, yeah, but Chris, I understand. Yeah, it is experimental, and I know I'm not that guy that wants to read it. At least with like Labyrinth and like Dark Crystal, there are those experimental moments, but you get a character arc. And you get character growth. And here, uh, spoilers for the end, uh, it just goes right back and resets. And that's why I said this is a Twilight Zone episode. Because it just goes right back to the beginning and set up and do it again. And in fact, there's jokes like within it that they're going to st- stop, set it up, and we'll do it again. Where it becomes self-referential with the, you know, people shooting a movie within the movie being shot. I didn't think reading this that Paul would like it, but I wasn't sure about you, Chris, because sometimes you... Oh. Sometimes, Chris, you surprised John. You surprised me, because, like, this isn't something that would be your cup of tea. No, I, I actually, I loved it. Like and like I was saying before, I don't think this is a movie I would want to watch, but as a comic book, it works. Like it doesn't really need a flow because it's not cohesive. This is a man going through the desert and everything happens to him. He walks into a town where there's a party being thrown in his honor because he has to go somewhere to accomplish some goal. And that's all we know, and that's all he knows, because like you said, there's there's not 
a lot of dialogue and there's really, there's no dialogue because your main character who is called Mac, not that you're ever told that, that only comes from the fact that they talk about him from what was drawn from the screenplay. Mac, Mac goes on an adventure in the desert and you're kind of along for the ride and you're experiencing what he experiences and what really sells this is the art because when he's lost, you're lost. When he's bewildered, you're bewildered. It sells it. And um, I have someone I work with that's a graphic designer. And surprise, he's actually doing a new logo for the Bag and Boardcast. Um, I'm meeting with him tomorrow to look over the proofs that he's done for us so far. And we've recently been talking a lot about comic books because he's just been trying to get into my mind about what like I would like for the logo and what I like in comic books. And I actually bought him the first volume of Scott Snyder's Batman. He absolutely loved it. And today I went with him to the bookstore in the mall to buy the next volume and talk about like what else is happening. And this is a book that I think would like give him just cream jeans because it's so gorgeous. Like the coloring, the artwork, like the watercolors that Perez does in some points, like it's, it's perfect. And that's really what sold this book to me. It's a fucking crazy journey through the desert. And that's what it is. And I loved it. It, and it is, it is crazy. And it has, like, I liked the book, and I'm glad that I didn't pay full price. I felt ripped that I almost bought it at full price. How um, much is full price for it? It's in the 20s uh, for the hardback edition, which isn't, it isn't like over, it's what you get digitally. Like, it's not a big, it's not a big thing except for it being hardback. And I think even on sale, I think I paid nine to ten dollars for this. Um, and I don't feel ripped off for mm-hmm. the ten dollars. And I mean, you can tell that a lot went into this with the art. But if I had paid the over twenty dollars for this, if I paid over fifteen dollars for this, I think I would feel a little sour about it. I think his artwork does really well with telling you exactly how the characters are feeling and what they're thinking, where I don't need the word balloons. So I'm not going to yeah. say, yeah. like, oh, I need more word balloons to make it worth the while. But then again, it is a lot to pay, you know, 24 bucks digitally where you're not getting a hardcover. Like, you're not getting that, yeah. like, prestige kind of format. Like, why would you pay that 20 bucks for In- it? Like what well, you're you're paying twenty bucks because this is Jim Henson's lost screenplay that's brought to life. Right. But you if and, you're paying and, that and, in a hardcover. But, okay. But here's the thing, in an original graphic novel that you can only get in this format. Well, you can get it in two formats. You can get it in the hardcover for twenty dollars, or you can get it in the digital format. And I'm saying at this point with the digital, I want to see a discount because I'm not getting that prestige for, you know, that prestige hardcover format. 
talking more about the book, like what he chooses to color, what he chooses to have that like that flat orange or that flat purple, and then have a completely colored page. I think is great. His design, his layout is great. Uh, one of my favorite things are, for some crazy reason, there are Arabian men and football players fighting. And then they're chasing Mac. And they speak in Arabic and then football. Like, just like the X's and O's in the lineup and everything. Which I think is just hilarious and great. Um, there's those crazy moments like, where Mac thinks he's going to be able to get into a limo and he opens it up and a lion jumps out to attack him. And then in a convertible, a man on safari shoots a lion, straps it to his hood and drives away. Like it's just kind of crazy over the top. If this was going to be made into a movie, the Coen brothers would make it. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is that kind of over the top crazy, you know, the, just the, the imagination in this is out there. It's fun. It's this guy who just can't catch a break. And all he really wants to do is smoke his cigarette. Um, but like, what's kind of fun is like the, you know, the man with the eye patch, the gentleman with the eye patch, uh, is modeled after Henson. When you have the director who breaks up the Arabian night kind of thing, that's drawn as Jim Henson. Like, there's, you know, those things that this is Henson. Like, who would Henson play? Well, he probably would play all these characters because he would do, you know, kind of like he would do that because if you look at his other movies that he had done before that when this was being written, that's what he did. And Timepiece, it's all, it's all basically him. It is a really... Interesting, good book. If you are a giant Henson fan, definitely something you should have on your shelf or at least read. If you're not expecting it to be this experimental um, kind of a book, you're going to be a little taken back by it. I read the forward. I read the afterwards. Like those things, the forward got me in the right mindset to read this. And after I read it, I went and I watched Timepiece. I watched uh, Cube. Like, those were definitely things that you, as soon as you watch Timepiece, you go, okay, I see where this guy was in the mindset to make this book. Or make this movie, or make this, write this screenplay. I think it's definitely something to check out, at least for uh, Perez's artwork. Like, I think it is just a beautiful, absolutely beautiful looking book. But it has no time, like, there's no time reference. Like, is he in the Old West? Well, no, because there's a, a, a tractor trailer with nitrogen driving. There's a man on safari shooting a lion in a uh, convertible. convertible. Yeah, it's like a Cadillac convertible or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, it's definitely just kind of weird and out there. But it is good, but it is it is Twilight Zony. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what you're into, Paul. Yeah, right. And when I picked this up, I thought it was going to be more Dark Crystal, that kind of way. But reading that forward, watching those movies, I see where he was going for this. Jim Henson shouldn't be known just for 
the Muppets. You know, he did different things in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely check out if you are a Henson fan, but if you're just interested in it, maybe be a little weary about what the book is about. I, I, I really dug it. And right from the get go where he's talking to, uh, or Max talking to the sheriff and he's like, Hey, we well, you know we got your rucksack here with the stuff that you're going to need. Here's your map. And if I could give you some words of advice, don't trust the map. And then he like he pushes them out the door pretty much with a, with the, the rucksack and a giant key. Yeah, like well, it's the, like, he gets the key to the city, and then like he opens up his rucksack, and he's got like a couple dollars, six bucks, uh, like a uh, six bucks. Uh, he's got a, like the top of a stop sign, and it, it's all just so random. And that's where like this completely like experimental filmness comes into it. But I. It's you I know really what it reminds it. me of Animaniacs. Like <laughs> I can see that Yakko Wacko and Dot like crazy like oh let's just pull this out and this is what we're happening oh perfect the car's on fire we just you know dove into the swimming pool with that's full of sharks you know like just crazy random insane things. My favorite yeah. random insane bit was the guy running with the ice cube that was constantly <laughs> shrinking and by of- the time it got there it was the perfect size. Or to fit in a drink. Uh, also, like the 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 jerky guy, like outside of the saloon in that house, that's like, "Hey, don't tell him that I'm hiding in this closet." Yeah, yeah, sure, no, yeah, I wouldn't do that to you, you buddy. And then he yells out to the football players and like the Arabian Nights, like, "Hey, he's in here. You won't take him alive, though." <laughs> it, it's fun, and I I like the moments where you have Mac meet up with. Um, like the man in the eye patch, because you know the man in the eye patch is the antagonist, but they're just like constantly at odds, but not really interacting until the end. And like that's really where the book kind of came together for me. Like I was intri- like, intrigued and interested, but it was at the end that I really was like, shit, like this is, that's what sold it to me more. Uh, and there's like those interesting moments where behind the forward is like the script. And then as the forward keeps going on and the artwork starts going on, like the artwork is over the script and like it kind of all becomes one. Like the script is kind of coming to life. It's coming out of these pages mm. and it. I I think it's I think it's definitely a good book. I enjoyed the read. I think it's a beautiful book. I'm just weary about recommending it to any listener that's out there. I think it's that's that's what I'm worried about is somebody picking it up and being like, Paul, like, what the hell? Yeah, like, uh, Jim Henson. They talk like it's for specific people. It's like my. Biggest complaint, and it's not even a real complaint about this, is I wish they had included the screenplay as like a bonus feature in the back. Yeah, that would have been um, nice. Because I I enjoyed reading the book, but I wish I could have seen like, ex- like exactly what Jim Henson was saying and how he wanted things to be portrayed. Um, 
because all I can infer is just what I'm thinking about as I'm reading it. I really thought you were going to hate this book, Chris. No, I, I really dug it. I knew, Chris, I knew, <laughs> no offense, Paul, but I knew like, uh, this isn't for Paul. And then while I was reading, it was like, Chris is either going to love it or he's going to hate it. And I yeah. was like, mm, I think he's going to lean towards the hate. Well, it's, it's because I, it, it's weird to say this and something that you guys kind of dismiss, but like, it made me think at the end there. Um, and just started to be like, uh, down the path of like, you are what drives you. Mm. And yeah. what, like, you are what keeps you going and you're going to get caught in that cycle, but you, it's because you are making yourself go further. And, I, I didn't expect that going into this book because, you know, looks like Gelfling, smells like <laughs> Gelfling. Like, that's, that's how I walked into it thinking like, oh, you know, like, when's it going to be like magic dance time? And <laughs> it wasn't that. And I'm, I'm glad it wasn't because then I'd be talking about this as like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a Jim Henson book. Yeah. And coming out of this, I'm like, wow, like this was a, a beautiful piece of art and i i think it's worth 20 bucks like this is something that i'm still considering just like having it for my shelf like when i go to meet with uh the guy i know that's doing our artwork tomorrow like i'm gonna i'm bringing my tablet and being like dude you need to check out this book and he can read it he can read it in 15 minutes of that. Mm-hmm. See, it, it took me a little bit longer because my tablet was acting up and it was taking forever to download each page. Oof. So I I kept going back and like looking at everything, just like taking in like all those details. And maybe that's what made me appreciate a little bit more because I kept dwelling on the same pages because like I would keep flipping forward and then I would see the comicsology like, Nope, it's only halfway loaded. And I'd be like, alright, well, I'll go back again and like, look at this page, cause it had that cool lizard on it. No, I mean, like, I, the artwork is definitely something that really popped with me and just the different, the different art styles that would be on the same page, just in different panels and how yeah, the but panels it, it would be laid down. flowed, like it wasn't jarring. Oh yeah, no, no, it totally flowed. And when, like, reading this, when we were talking about Cassidy last week, mm-hmm. The flow of this, I mean, it it was fluid. It just moved. You, bing, bang, boom, like, mm-hmm. bop, 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 bop. And Cassidy is that kind of, yeah, kind stoic. of stoic, paused. This is happening, but you yeah. don't see, you don't feel it happening. Where you feel all the movement in this. Yeah. Well, and he also like- gets away with, you know, changing up the styles too, which adds to that crazy kind of disjointed storytelling with the you know oh this is all now black and white this is all just you know watercolor this is 28 different panels of just action boom 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 and this is a scene of just the tire jumping out of the limo yeah you know one panel versus you know like 28 panels of just stuff happening and and like i mean in these panels like you don't need you don't need him going Looking at the map, boy, this map is hard to read. You know, it's it is those visual things. Like if this were a movie, you wouldn't have just a guy walking around talking to himself. Yeah, like 
Mac only talks like the first four pages of the book when he's getting the map and his bag from the sheriff. And he, he I can't remember what he's saying, but it's literally like, like, you're going to keep me safe. Like it's, it's something that's so simple. Mm-hmm. And then he talks to the guy that's in the saloon, but yeah. other than that, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he has, he has some, and the girl, some interactions, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like it, it. It it's hard to describe. To some, I mean, we've done, just done what, like a half hour talking about it. But Henson fans should check it out if you're really a Henson fan. I mean, check out Timepiece on YouTube first. It's two minutes, and well, then if you kind of like, oh, I kind of want to see more of that kind of thing, then spend twenty dollars on. Uh, no, he, uh, here's the thing, like. Even listening to Timepiece, because I didn't watch it, I was just like, "Oh, this is too jarring." The artwork at least flows. I say, how much did you pay for this, John? Do you remember? I think it was like nine bucks. When I saw that I could get it for nine bucks, I was like, "Oh, this is perfect." The hardcover right now on Amazon is twenty one forty three. It does not have a paperback. No. And now, if it's, it's it's from Arkea, so it it won't. No. Like, even if you want to read Mouse Card, like, you can't get that in paperback. You can only get the, like, landscape hardcovers that are twenty four ninety nine. But um, that's that's the way they want their books read. And Does it have any other extras in the book versus... Yeah, there'll be, like, sketches and... I mean, like, like what's in this like book that. with the sketches. Like, I was just thinking, like, for that $21. <clears throat> and I mean, and... I'm actually going to walk over to my... My bookshelf quick. So per- Perez, I mean, Perez definitely deserves the money for the work that he put into this because he definitely put a lot of work <laughs> and thought and how mm-hmm. to make this, bring this to life. On Comixology for the graphic novel, it's fourteen ninety nine. So you are saving money right there. Like, and that's what I, my argument was. Like, yeah. uh, honestly, the only stuff that they have in the Mouse Guard hardcovers is in the back. Uh, David Peterson has like maps of like where the mouse guard's going and then just like a gallery of pinups that other artists have done that you can find in the back of the single issues when they're printed. There's like maybe eight of those. And this, um, I'm just, I pulled out the first mouse guard and it's, I mean, it's like six issues worth of material. In a hardcover. So you're probably getting the same actual page count. Sorry, just to get back to it. No, oh, yeah, no, no. Totally. <clears throat> so it's it's two it's two thumbs up and one thumbs down for it. Uh and even my like my thumbs up is just be weary that you're the right person for this book. Uh, this- this book made me want to go back in time to where I actually would see Ramon Perez at Fan Expo up in Toronto. Because he's just like a, he's a small artist. He does his, like, creator-owned stuff. He's done some, like, bigger books for the big two. But after that, like, he just goes back to doing his web comics. And if I had seen this or known about this before, like, this is a book that I'd take to him and be like, wow, like, how dot 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 question mark because I, I think that would be like a great conversation 
Yeah, definitely. And he's definitely someone who I, he's on my radar. Like I, if I see him on another book, I definitely want to check out what he's doing with it. Cause we didn't really talk about it before, but this book actually won the Eisner Award for best graphic album and best penciler. Yeah, he deserves it. And then it also won, um, Harvey Awards for best graphic novel and best artist. Definitely. I mean, I mean, what he did in the book, I mean, I think it's just beautiful and his choices for everything just fit. I've just been flipping through it the whole time. Me too. The whole time I'm talking about it, I'm just, I go forward and then I go backwards. Yeah, it's. And it reads the same. (laughs) (laughs) But Paul, (laughs) what book can we look forward to for the next? Uh, also a beautifully drawn book, and that's going to be uh, Wonder Woman Volume 1, Blood, oh, okay. from the New 52. Because this is a book that I really enjoyed, and I really wanted... I, it, this is a series uh, by Cliff Chang and Brian Azzarello that I really enjoyed, and I hope you guys would uh, maybe take this as a launch pad and really read this magnum opus that uh, three years of work, comic books work in here, but this is going to be the first volume, which I think is a collection of the first six issues. Yeah. Maybe more. No, I, I'm looking forward to this because I read maybe half of it, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. I just never like oh. borrowed the rest of the issues from you, so this is one that I don't mind actually going online and like picking up because it's something that I've been thinking about buying since, myself. Since Paul's been actually talking about it on the podcast, and every time he talks about it, you go, Oh, that sounds really good. I should and be, I was like, I yeah, should that, be that reading was a good that. Book. Yeah. I, I enjoyed what I read of it. Yeah. And if it's something you want to read, make sure you go over to baggingboard.com slash Amazon and pick up your copy of it so you can read it along with us. Paul, I'm not vetoing this. Oh, you're not vetoing it. Good, good. Because I think you already read all six. Yeah, and also, if you want to wear a t-shirt, you know, with Wonder Woman on it, go over to baggingboardcast.com and click on Superhero Den. And buy a Wonder Woman t-shirt. Or see if there's Jim Henson-inspired things on Superhero Den. I don't even know. I don't know. They did, They definitely have them on Amazon. Yep. <laughs> Which, like, again, like, click uh, click through Bagged and Board. Like we talked about at the beginning, we do this for free. We're not like Joystick. We don't, we don't get money from anybody. But if you give us money, hey, we'll gladly take it. We appreciate it. So make sure you check out BaggedBoard.com for all that, as well as... Uh, the show notes for this episode and every other episode since like 232, I think. I don't know. That's whenever we uh, relaunched. Um, as well as the new articles we have coming up. And where else can they uh, let us know what they think, Paul? Uh, they can also... I'm sorry, I was reading our Facebook page to see if there was any comments there. Email, email. Oh, email us contact, email. individually, like we mentioned before, uh, contact at beggingboardcast.com, and also uh, individually, Paul, Chris, or John. Don't email John. He doesn't, I'll check your email for he, you, John. He doesn't know how to log in. But they can also rate and review us on the iTunes. Oh, people Ooh. The iTunes. Have we had any new ones, Paul? No, not since November. Ooh, you're dropping in November. It's tough. It's tough. It's hard. It's hard on the heart, Paul. It is. It's hard, but while you're doing that, make sure you can always also follow us over at Instagram. And if you're ever drinking anything or reading anything good, uh, hashtag bagging board. We'll see it. Yeah. And uh, we like beer, so if you want to send us beer, that's always good, too. <laughs> yeah. 